0: This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at tipfromgilbert at gmail.com. See you then. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, everybody in Houston, you're back here with me, Gilbert Andrew Garcia. And, of course, this show is called A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. And we are at KWWJ, which stands for Keep Walking with Jesus. And we're here on 1360 AM and 96.9 FM every Monday from 11 to 1145. Of course, this is one of my favorite songs. We can cue out the song. We'll play it at the end. It's from the Beatles. You know, we always like to have a song. We always like to have something that's motivational, something about love and forgiveness and everything else uplifting. And that song is just one of those that does it for me. And maybe I'm inspired, Mr. Producer, because I happen to have spent Halloween and I was Sergeant Pepper. So I had my outfit. Yep, I had my outfit. I had my mustache. I, I was. I was the whole getup. Uh, for Halloween, Halloween is a very special time in uh, the Latino community, in particular, right? Because we also have our ofrenda, which is uh, it's like a shrine to relatives and family members, and of my uh, father and my father-in-law and others that have come before us. It's just a way to to really uh, show respect. And ladies and gentlemen, we have an incredible guest. Uh, I guess I just want to say, is UHD in the house? Everybody would go yes, because UHD is in the house. And, you know, UHD is interesting because people don't realize how powerful and important UHD is. And that's what we're going to explore today because, first, many of my employees and my teammates uh, and some of my partners are UHD grads. But more importantly, it's really the center of education in Houston, right in the middle of downtown. And it's really just a huge campus. And we happen to have the new president of UHD, Mr. Lauren James Blanchard, Ph.D. Dr. Blanchard, thank you for being on my show.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me to be here.
0: Well, we, we, we're we so grateful. And, of course, this is not my show. This is the people's show. And the reason it's the people's show is because we encourage people to call in. We want them to call in.
1: We want them to ask you questions. And first of all, how do you like being in Houston? I absolutely love it. So I grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana mm-hmm. and spent the majority of my adult life in New Orleans. So I've spent lots of time here in Houston. As a matter of fact, in, when growing up, my father always chose Houston as the vacation spot. He loved the Houston Astros. And so while he loved the Astros, and so did we as yep. kids, but we always knew that after the Astros game, we would go to World
0: astroworld look look at that i I mean give it up for astroworld Uh, dr that's that's hip going to astroworld no that really is your students are going god he went to astroworld no that's that's amazing no that's wonderful to your father and your father you know what got you in education i read your bio and it's just incredible you probably have to be one of the most um prepared presidents of any university somehow. You've been involved with education, academia your whole life. Tell us about that. What
1: inspired you? Well, thank you for that. You know, it's been 30 years uh, since I've been in higher education. And, and it's interesting that you raised the question because it definitely goes back to my parents, both of them who were not college educated, uh, but understood the real value of education, not only in terms of advancement Uh, In terms of knowledge and skills, but more importantly, advancement as a human being and recognizing that, you know, with this kind of foundation for higher education, they would give me the wings that they felt like they didn't have. And I'll talk a bit about that just very shortly, the wings that they didn't have that would propel them for the future and i say that they didn't have because they always felt i think that well i always felt that they underestimated themselves they were the absolute most amazing parents my mother is still with me, with us amen um, but my father passed on about 20 some years ago uh, but they did everything to make sure that we would get the highest quality educational experience and would make all these major sacrifices you know i never knew how we were able to afford the kind of educational experience that we got was because they gave everything they had. That to is wonderful. Sure.
0: Are you first generation college?
1: I am very much like the majority story. of the students at the University of Houston Downtown. Well,
0: that's what strikes me about UHD because many of them are first first generation college. But what's interesting and why we always um, uh, will go to UHD, you know, we have a, we're a small firm. We have thirty six employees. We manage a little over eighteen billion, uh, and we have, I believe, five or six employees that are from UHD.
1: That's right. And what's it's just got a chance to Yeah, meet well
0: them. there you go. And what's interesting is, you know what? I don't know what what it's in the water over there, but at the end of the day, they just train them to be prepared, show up on time, and they're just humble and they're just hungry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what employers are always looking for because you can always find this and that credentials, but you cannot teach to be humble and to be thoughtful and to uh, be hungry. You can't teach that.
1: That's correct. And, and it, it's all about making sure that our students, many of them who come from financially uh, challenging backgrounds, many of them who come from varied cultural backgrounds, uh, and many of them who are, as we just said, first generation. And so they've never had a chance to really figure out what college life is like. Mm-hmm. Um, And so the reality for us is making sure that we are all committed in making sure that they are going to get the knowledge, skills, and the dispositions that's going to empower them to be able to either go on to graduate school or go on into the workforce, uh, but also to become leaders in their fields and leaders in their communities. The beautiful aspect, even in terms of uh, some of the opportunities that you're providing right here for some of our UHD students, I got a chance to meet one that's in IT, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a part of your staff, is that it's all about also experiential learning. Let them go ahead and try to understand how they see themselves in a role before they actually get the degree. And so, be it an internship, be it community service, how many opportunities that we want to provide and are providing to our students to make sure that they're dabbling in the profession before they actually want.
0: I want to ask you about, uh, did you have any siblings? One. One. Okay. I want to ask you a little bit about sort of your home life and everything, but... As they say on Deal or No Deal, right after this. No, we do have a caller already, and I think we have Mr. Pastor, Dr. Bobby Mills. Uh, Dr. Mills, are you there? Yes. Well, Mr. Dr. Pastor Bobby Mills, good friend, all American. How are you today? This is Gilbert I'm doing Garcia. Great, call
2: me. Call me Bobby. It's on my birth certificate, and we know it'll
1: be on my death certificate.
0: <laughs> well, Bobby, I appreciate that. You know, you have uh, Dr. Blanchard here also with me, who is the new president of UHD.
1: Good morning, Bobby.
2: Good morning. Fine. How are you? Very God well. You. Thank you.
0: So, Bobby, you know, you're, you are you uh, are one of those guys that's just, um, you know, you're a pastor, but you're so much more than that. You are learned, You have written multiple books. Tell us a little bit about that, especially a lot of your government service. People don't know that you've walked with presidents and governors. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, I um, grew up in South Carolina and went to a Presbyterian undergraduate school and uh, had that inkling in me to be a pastor and studied theology at Colgate Rochester Divinity School in Rochester, New York. But ultimately ended up getting a Ph.D. in sociology from Syracuse and taught college level sociology and was an administrator at Texas Southern and um, loved people and and loved Houston and uh, praying for the Astros and um, met you a couple of years ago when uh, one of our good friends was seeking uh, public office and fell in love with your spirit and the great work you do not only in the business community but what you do as a community servant and a person who gives back.
0: Well, Dr. Mills, I uh, I appreciate that. You've been a inspiration to me and so many others. How did you get the calling? How did you know you wanted to be a pastor? Did you just wake up one day well, and there was just like a bright light that said, be a pastor? <laughs> How does that happen?
2: Well, uh, I grew up in the Baptist church, American Baptist church, and uh, the pastor of the church was a elementary school teacher. So we had a lot of education-oriented kinds of activities in our church, and um, he was just a great guy and um, got that kind of uh, pastoral feeling, but educational kind of developmental experience from his pastoring the church. And, you know, a lot of times when you're growing up, you, you have people who mentor you, and you end up uh, viewing them as a positive kind of role model in your life. and So in many ways, the character of, of, of you know, the pastor of the church uh, had a great impact on my life, and I wanted to dedicate myself to trying to educate young people and, you know, serving God in that way.
0: Well, that is a beautiful story. And, of course, you've been mentoring so many people, including me. And let me just ask you, you know, these are incredible times, and I so appreciate you calling in because I would be so thrilled if you would say a prayer and bless Houston to get us through this time, this COVID where we've all lost time with each other, we've lost time with our neighbor, our kids have lost time from school, and that we get back i think dr mills we just got to get back so if you would bless us that would be great
2: yes dear heavenly father we thank you for this day we bless your name and we pray that every american would put you first in their desires their thoughts their deeds their motives their wants And have an awareness of you and the love that was represented in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and Savior. And have ultimately a belief and trust in Jesus that he has for us a reverence for life. And that we should reverence and love and serve each other in his name. Heavenly Father, we pray.
0: Dr. Mills, we thank you. We thank you for being on the show, and I hope to see you soon, my friend. So thank you for calling in. And we'll...
2: well, we will, and I'm going to bring a few pastoral leaders by and visit with you very soon.
0: Let's do it. Good. Thank you, Bobby Mills. Everybody, that's lot. Pastor Bobby Mills, You know, really one of the um, uh, leaders in the community, just an awesome man. But I think we have another call. Do we have a Miss Mandy that's there on the phone? Miss Mandy, are you there? Miss Mandy, are you there?
3: Hello. How,
4: yes, I am here.
0: How are you, Miss Mandy?
4: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm well. You got me, Gilbert Garcia, and you have Dr. Blanchard from uh, University of Houston Downtown. You have a question for our guest?
4: Yes, I actually go to University of Houston Downtown. I'm a senior here, and I had a, a couple questions for President Blanchard. Please. So students have to contend with so many things these days including like the pandemic and other challenges what advice do you have for students like me
1: So Mandy I think I heard you say that you're a senior is that correct
4: Yes yes sir
1: Well you know for you it it really is staying the course and that more importantly taking full advantage of all of the support programs that we have in place to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks relative to your ability to complete your degree uh, and then to go on into whatever your career goals are. And so with that, you know, as you know, with the support mechanisms that we have in place, uh, we certainly have the academic support side in terms of all the tutorials uh, as well Mm -hmm. as instructional learning. But we also have opportunities on the mental health side as well as Food insecurity, housing insecurity, you know, there are just so many different pathways that we know that students can be, or obstacles, that students can be challenged by, and we just want to make sure that we are there. To provide you with every measure of support, so that you are absolutely going to do what you have come to UHD to do, and that is to complete your degree and to leave us and to leave us proud, knowing that you are moving directly into either the workforce or to graduate and professional school.
4: Wow! Thank you, thank you. I have also have one more question to you as well. Mm-hmm. I know you've been to you've been at UHD for about eight to nine months what's your favorite part of the university i feel like i've seen you be you know i i saw you at the um the address and so i just kind of wanted to talk to you personally and what your favorite part of the university is
1: yeah, well, thank you, and and you've also promoted me because I haven't quite been there eight months yet, but I, I'm, on my, I'm on my way to getting oh, okay. get to that. You the, know what they say, uh, Dr. Blanchard, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> thank you, Mandy. Go,
0: keep, go ahead, Dr.
1: Blanchard. I, I, it's an easy answer for me, and that is the opportunity to interact with students, right? You know, I just can't tell you how much uh, the, the level of energy that comes from the students – uh, regardless of what event it is. So this past Saturday, I had the great opportunity to be a part of Open House, uh, mm-hmm. where we had over 600 prospective new students uh, and their parents who came to UHD to experiment that which you learned when you first arrived here at UHD. And that is that we're a very caring university that really wants to make sure that you're able to obtain your respective goals. So that's just one example. But, you know, every opportunity opportunity I get to be directly with students, not only listening to them, but engaging and watching them and watching the transformation that actually occurs so that by the time they leave us, they're 100% ready for what lies behind, what lies ahead relative to the world that's before them. So that's what I, my ultimate goal is for you as well, Mandy, uh, Mm -hmm. and know that uh, you're going to be ready to conquer the world whenever you finish this degree with us.
4: Well, I appreciate that, President well, Blanchard. Well, and Mandy, thank you for
0: calling in. And, Mandy, my advice to you is just, you know what they say? Who was it says, uh, was it Casey Casey reach for the stars, and this and that? <laughs> he had this whole saying, right? And i i got to come up with my own, but bottom line <laughs> is you're on this planet one time. Go for it. And I think you got the foundation at UHD to make it work. Thank you for yes. calling in. I know we already thank have another you. speaker. You're welcome. Teresa, are you there for a question here with Dr. Blanchard? You're with, of course, a tip from me, uh, Gilbert. Teresa, are you there? Miss Teresa, are you there?
5: Yes, I'm here.
0: Wonderful. Well, you have me. This is Gilbert. A tip from me, a tip from Gilbert talk, inspiration, and prayer. And you have Dr. Blanchard, of course, from UHD. Do you have a question for our guest, Dr. Blanchard? Or did I scare you?
5: <laughs> This is Teresa with the Black Heritage Society. Oh Teresa, how are you? (laughs) I
0: must have scared you or I scared myself.
5: How are you? I'm doing great, sir. How about you?
0: I'm doing fine. Thank you for calling in. Tell us what well you have Doctor Blanchard here if you have a question for him, but what's going on with the Black Heritage Society?
5: Oh, thank you for asking. Again, I'm Teresa Brewer with Black Heritage Society and we are glad to announce that January seventeenth, twenty twenty two, we will have an in person parade. You know, pandemic. That is so great. We're looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Well tell us real quick, when you have a parade, what time does it start and where does it start and all that? And of course I'll talk it up for you as we get closer.
5: Great. I'm glad you asked. It will be our 44th annual Martin Luther King original parade and festivities. The Martin Luther King holiday festivities include a parade, of course, and this is the original parade, festival, a banquet, a Martin Luther King Day of Service, and gospel extravaganza. It all starts January the 17th at 10 a.m. for the parade. Uh, That is downtown Houston as well. And we are honored that you, Mr. Gilbert, Andrew Garcia, has accepted invitation as a co-grand marshal for the parade.
0: Look at that. I haven't told anyone (laughs) but my parents. Uh, Well, thank you for saying that in the air. Well, listen, I'm thrilled. Does that mean I can tell people now? <laughs> Can't tell people now. I'm only telling yeah, Houston. But that, you know, what I mean, Doctor Blanchard, did you know I'm going to be the Grand Marshal? No, that's. Thank you so much. What an incredible thing, and and I know you've got one or two others you're working on. I won't mention their names because I don't know who's already knows or this or not. But uh, thank you for that incredible, incredible honor. And anything you want to ask, Doctor Blanchard?
5: Ah. Uh. Well, I want to say a few more things, Dr. Blanchard, if that's okay. Of course. so happy.
0: Please do, please in do. Adi-
5: okay. In addition, we want to thank the city of Houston for its partnership supporting our theme, Be a Drum Major for Justice. We want to display inclusion and justice for all people, regardless of race, creed, or gender. And it should be resonated in all communities. So we just want all of Houston, the United States, to celebrate as we uh, continue the dream aspiration and teaching, the dream aspiration, teaching, and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.
0: Amen. Thank you very much for joining us, and I'll have you back again. Thank you. All right, Dr. Blanchard, let's come back because talk to me a little bit about, I know we have more callers coming in. I just got to get some things in, though. And callers, please call in and please be patient and, and hang on. You'll have your question with Dr. Blanchard in a second. Dr. Blanchard, how many students go to UHD? I mean, people don't know how large it is and how many young people are being educated by the entire complex there at UHD.
1: Yes, yeah, so we, we've uh, currently, in terms of our fall 2021 enrollment, it's about 15,100 students. Um, and so that number uh, has continued to be at, uh, at that level for a number of years now. Um, and it really is because of some of the things that we even heard our previous caller talk about uh, in terms of really understanding that, yes, we are a very diverse university, but um, and that with that diversity, it then calls us into our responsibility to make sure that we're also an inclusive university. Very good. And that inclusion piece really makes it very well known that our students know that they belong at UHD, that they are supported, and that they are valued. And so we do that in all different ways, myriad ways, to make sure that students really know that UHD is their home.
0: So 15,000, that sounds very big. Is, Is there a capacity limit or is there plans to expand? I mean, what's what's on the horizon for UHD? Yeah,
1: good question. So, you know, it's it's not a capacity issue because obviously we've got some of our programming that's conducted uh, virtually uh, Mm -hmm. online, uh, but that we certainly have the capacity already in terms of our existing buildings. And of course, being downtown, as you well know, that uh, we don't have a whole lot of room to grow out, but we are obviously always looking for opportunities. We have a new... Uh, student Wellness uh, and Success Center that's being built right now that I'm really excited about. But also it gives us an opportunity to think even broader. So we also have a Northwest campus that's tied in with oh. Lone Star College. Very um, good. And so, you know, it gives us an opportunity to know that we don't necessarily have to just do all of our growth right in the downtown area, although that's primarily where we want to see the growth happen. But we're also paying close attention to the population growth and where that those spurts are. Mm -hmm. And we definitely see it in the Northwest quarter of the city. And so we're working and have been working very aggressively, not only with Lone Star College, but with uh, students who know that they can go and they can complete their associate's degree at Lone Star. And I mean, just very easily just walk across the hall And they're right there at uhd in order to complete their latter two years in order to get their baccalaureate degree how wonderful that's just how simple that it's that Uh, we've made
0: it. i want to come back to this concept of two years versus four years and and so forth but i think we have another question and i think we have uh do we have another
5: caller on the line yes hi this is jackie from houston good morning mr gilbert
0: hello there jackie welcome to a tip from gilbert you have me and dr blanchard the president of uhd
5: Yay, awesome. Hello, Dr. Blanchard. I wanted to congratulate you on your appointment to the Office of the pres- Presidency.
1: Thank you. And I wanted
5: to let you know, I am a U of H grad, and my nephew is currently a senior at U of H downtown.
1: Fantastic. He has had
5: such, yeah, He's had such a great experience there with the one-on-one, individual-type setting. And I just wanted to know, what other things are you working on, especially reaching out to the high school kids? and and to showcase to the city and the state what a great school U of H downtown is.
1: Thank you. That's a wonderful question. Thank you very much for calling in. Um, Certainly the reality is that Uh, We are continuing to do quite a few things to make sure that people are fully aware of the value of the educational experience that we provide. You know, one is that, you know, we continue to make it clear how affordable uh, the University of Houston downtown is and affordability without compromising or sacrificing quality and rigor. Um, And so that piece becomes really important for us in getting the word out as widespread as possible. But in addition to that, you know, we're really looking at You know, what's foundational to the University of Houston downtown in terms of the educational experience? It's not just about, and you've heard me say before, it's not just about the learning of knowledge and skills, but it's the early opportunities to begin to apply those in a very meaningful way and understanding that it's all within this umbrella of uh, for justice Mm -hmm. Um, and that you know there are all these different pathways that we can get there to make sure that students are deeply involved in the justice cause for the City of Houston. And when I say the justice cause, you know, I'm talking about environmental justice, social justice, racial justice, economic justice. There are all of these different pathways that students can find a way that they know, based on all of the work that's being done by faculty and staff at the University of Houston Downtown, that they can develop that mentoring relationship and that research-based relationship so that they can determine ways in which they can make the greatest impact for their respective communities. Now
0: Dr. Blanchard, uh, but the school costs, but is so is there financial aid available for this for the young people?
1: Absolutely. And uh, not only in terms of federal aid uh, that about 50% of our students actually do benefit from federal financial aid, Pell Grants. But in addition to that, the state has been very generous, as well as the federal government during COVID, right? Because there were so many students uh, who were compromised by... Uh, the pandemic, many of them, many of our students work. um, And so and they work in service industries. And if you know, the one area that got hit hardest by Mm. the by the uh, pandemic, were the service industries. So many of them ended up losing their jobs. But we did not want them to think for one moment that that meant that they had to discontinue their enrollment. Um, And so the federal government was very, very kind in making sure that those students in particular, that we were able to Uh, Make them aware of the dollars that we had available to them so that they could persist and so that they could graduate. Let me just tell you something that I'm just fascinated by. So even with and with that kind of support, the result is like for this upcoming um, uh, fall semester, the University of Houston downtown has two commencements, one in the fall and one in the spring. Mm that for this uh, fall semester, we have a record number, uh, 2,500 students that are eligible to complete their graduation wow. at the University of Houston downtown. That's the largest number. I don't even know how I'm going to stand for that long. Yeah. Oh,
0: my goodness. Well, let me ask you this now. This may be the silliest question of all. My perception was it was somewhat of a, I don't want to say a commuter school, but now there's people living there. There's people that are there full time, right? I mean, isn't it changing? And it's becoming now, um, I don't I know, its own just identity now. Yeah. That's my perception.
1: Yeah, and, and that's an accurate perception. Now, I wouldn't say that they're living on campus because we don't have residence halls, oh, but I we see. do have partnerships with the University of Houston. I see. And so they are able to take advantage of housing there. But you're right, you know, it's it's more than a commuter school. That's, the it's The reality way more. is that it's, it's a regional, comprehensive university, mm-hmm. um, and that while we do offer baccalaureate degrees, we have a full breadth of master's degrees. Uh, as you well know that uh, even some of your employees here benefited from like a master's in business administration, which is one of our most popular programs that we have. And not only popular because it's just uh, a nice pathway into the workforce, but also in terms of their readiness. Uh, to move into those really high-powered jobs that the University of Houston downtown really prepares them for. Super great.
0: Uh, Okay, I'm going to ask you some questions that the kids always want to ask you, but they they don't want to ask you. All right. So first of all, so when you were born and you were a young boy, did you say to yourself, one day I'm going to be the man? (laughs) <laughs> did, you, did you say just one day I'm going to be the man? I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the man of UHD? I mean, how did that happen? And what did you think you were going to be when you were a young boy, a young man?
1: That's, that's a very good question. You know, so my father was very big on service, you know, and so, you know, when he would be with my sister and me, um, he would always talk about loving and serving. Uh, those were the two greatest attributes. And he said that it doesn't matter what job you land in, but as long as that atmosphere that you create where you work, that it really is tying in with caring and loving and being able to serve others, that that's the greatest job that you will ever have regardless of the field.
0: That is for sure. That is for sure. Well, let me ask you this. So when you walk around campus, do the, all the students know you yet? Do they say, you know, Dr. Blanchard, Dr. Blanchard? Or are you still kind of, you know, they still still getting to know you?
1: Uh, most of them know me, um, and we, we're obviously get, um, repopulating the campus right. so that more and more students are back on what campus. What
0: percent are back? And
1: yeah, I would say we're about at about 60% back. that are back. Now, keep in mind that pre-pandemic that we were 70-30, 70% on campus, 30% online. Uh, so we're much closer mm-hmm. in terms of being at that number. Um, and, it, and again, you heard me mention about the energy of the students. I mean, it's what brings about that, that sense of enthusiasm on campus when you're just surrounded by all of these students and that are not only they're taking classes, but uh, participating in all of the other extracurricular activities that we have out there for them, the co-curricular ones as well.
0: And the mascot, is it? are you all the Gators?
1: We are. We are. It's so funny.
0: I mean, that's like a ferocious, that's a
1: ferocious, you know, <laughs> you the gators. Go. I know, I know. Determined, right? Yes. You know, determined yes. And, and dedicated, you know. So that, that that's where we see it in terms of if we had to put some – Uh, some action words, uh, some verbs to it, that that's what it would mean. But, you know, it it is interesting as well. I'll just say that just this weekend I went to Whole Foods and I was uh, picking up a few things and I had just come from the campus because we had just hosted Open House. Uh, And so I had my UHD shirt on. And so uh, this uh, gentleman asked me, well, did I work at UHD? And I said that I did. Um, And uh, he said, well, what do you do there? And I said, I'm the president. And so he says, oh, that's fantastic. And so he says, you know, so the cougars, right? And I said, no, the gators. And he had this real baffled look. I said, you know, I'm at the University of Houston downtown. He says, oh, okay, I get it. And then when he handed me my package, he said, go Cougs. (laughs) (laughs) So really try to get that distinction right so that there is the understanding that there are four universities within the University of Houston system. Yes, there is the central campus, but there's also University of Houston downtown, University of Houston, Victoria, as well as University of Houston, Clear Lake.
0: Well, I know when you go to UHD, you feel it. Yeah. You, you feel energy in the hallway because I've been there and I've talked yes. to students and things. Uh, you feel it. I think it's a beautiful thing. We have another caller. Uh, is there a Miss Connie on the phone?
4: Yes. Hi. Hello, Miss um, Connie. Hi. hi. How are you? Well, I'm just fine.
0: You got me, Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert. We have Dr. Blanchard here from UHD, the president. Do you have a question for him?
4: Yes, yes. Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm a proud UHD graduate. Um, I graduated in 2009. I love going there. The classes were great because they weren't that big. It was easy transition from high school. Um, But uh, I really wanted to talk about the theater program there, because I remember going to a few shows back then, and they were so great. And I wanted to ask Dr. Blanchard if there was any upcoming productions. Wow, that's a
0: a really great question. So tell us about the theater program.
1: Well, first of all, let's just say that it's a, a question that is near and dear to my heart because I'm a big theater buff. Um, and so the opportunity actually to experience my first theatrical production at the University of Houston downtown, which was just I was just there last, I think there, Thursday or Friday. Um, and uh, it's called, it was called Telling Our Stories. Uh, and it really was designed, written by someone local uh, here to Houston uh, but to tell the stories of how that we are far more unified as a community that works together as opposed to that which is divided and broken uh, and how we are less empowered in that kind of way. Um, and I tell you, the the production was absolutely fantastic. How great. And, you know, so our theater um, itself, you know, it's, 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 it's a black box. And so we we're working on... Uh, making sure that we're improving some of the aesthetics around it. But when you walk into that theater, you just feel that you are in the place where you're going to feel a sense of transformation. And what I mean by that, because, you know, what plays do is that they really help you to look inward. You know, sometimes it's through comedy, mm-hmm. sometimes it's through drama. Uh, but, but this particular play that really talked about some of the rifts between the black and the brown communities uh, here. Was just so absolutely powerful that it left people feeling like they knew that they had to play a certain role in creating that greater sense of unity within the Houston community. Well, how
0: does one find? Is it still on?
1: Uh, regrettably, the last show uh, occurred this past Saturday. No, oh, it's a bummer. Uh, what, but maybe we might be able to do it by you popular demand, well, let's, right?
0: Let me ask you, so, how would one like Miss Connie calling in? How would they know what's playing? Is it on a website somewhere?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is on our website. As a matter of fact, they just announced, I, would, I don't remember the name of it, but they just announced the name a of, new play? The, of the next play. Uh, so it's, it's fine. If you go to uhd.edu, and we'll, we're going to have it right on the front of the webpage, we're working on that now, uh, but we'll have it very easily displayed so that people will know in the public about the uh, what I believe to be a, a, just a magnificent group of students uh, that are are as passionate, perhaps, as the caller has or was uh, at the time. Boy, she still is. At, at, no, she graduated, right? She graduated, yeah. she said. Yeah, um, that uh, during that time, that theater was has been really big at the University of Houston downtown. How um, great. And then to be right in the theater district, right? So we want to give people the opportunity to know that certainly you've got the Alley Theater, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, um, but you also have University Theater that's right here in the heart of downtown. Uh, And I think people will be amazed to see the quality of the productions that
0: are produced there. Well, let me, uh, Connie, are you still there? yes i'm so okay. here
1: don't you think that dr blanchard could easily
0: be like the voice of darth vader <laughs> right? yes Does, he has he, a great have, voice i mean i i, I almost <laughs> want to say but i don't want to be insulted to say just say luke i am your father i mean <laughs> you, you just have that you, maybe it's just because you yes. have that commandingness about you that it's just it's everywhere it's it's in your voice too but Connie, did you do the theater
4: yes i did i was in a, a few shows um there and it was just so great I really love the theater program there mm-hmm. um, then I forgot who the professor was by then but um, I just remember she was a small lady but she was just so um, animated and great and it was just it was a great time in my life
0: that is such a beautiful story we so thank yes. you for sharing that with us yes Dr. Blanchard oh, thank, did, you. thank you Connie thank you for calling in I hope you call in again Dr. Blanchard did you ever do theater or anything like that did you ever want to be uh, discovered <laughs> We all want to be discovered, of well, course,
1: but. Uh, yeah, so I did uh, theater. You did? I did university theater, and I did community theater in New Orleans. You did? Yes. Um, the, the last performance that I did was many years ago, but it was called Two Trains Running. Um, and, you know, it, it was one of the more phenomenal uh, productions in New Orleans that was only supposed to last two months, uh, but because the uh their, the audiences were so rich and that they asked for more that the show actually ran for six months wow and uh, you know I, if you 've done theater before, you know as well that you build like a network, you build like a family right you know with those particular actors and I tell you, we went through a a true morning of separation once we the play finally ended because we felt like we had really become family. so yeah. But yeah, no, uh, theater is a a part of my background. Um, um, I I come from a family that's very musically inclined. You may know the name Terrence Blanchard. Terrence Blanchard is my second cousin. And so uh, while he was there and some of my other family members were there, playing on, on the instrumental side, there were a number of us who, family members, who had uh, who joined in on the vocal side. Holy cow. Well, God, I feel so inadequate. Uh,
0: except, let me just tell you though,
1: I am the phantom.
0: No, I'm not, no. I wanna be the phantom. Um, but I know, I know we have five minutes. We're gonna play our song in a minute. But let me say, uh, I mean, Dr. Blanchard, you sound like you love what you do. And to have done it all these years, um, you've really reached the pinnacle here now as, you know, as what we call it um, in the Latino community, uh, El Chingon, you know, the, the, the main man. Uh, you know, what do you want to see now with your time here at UHD, which we hope will be a long time, but what do you hope to accomplish? What's your big dream for UHD? Is it expand? Is it offer new
1: degrees? I mean, what's your whole goal? Well, it'll be certainly what you just described in terms of uh, expanding, not only in the size of the student population, but obviously growing our faculty, growing our staff. Uh, Also, you heard me mention about foundational to the university is really understanding the role that we play in the community relative to justice. Uh, The other piece is really working very hard on our student success piece, uh, and making sure that there's equity there. And so for us on the equity front, that it, that means that really making sure that students are able to complete their degrees in a timely manner, uh, and then be able to go on and, to pursue their respective career goals. And then the other piece is really looking at, at infrastructure. You already talked a bit about uh, the growth, you know, in terms of land um, and in terms of buildings, uh, and all of those really become important but it's also really understanding um, how we grow in such a way that our tentacles are everywhere. And what I mean by that, that that's even with our alums. And we've got a, had a great opportunity to meet one of our alums that works directly for you. Um, and, and watch how they become the ambassadors for the university in terms of not only the quality of the work, but their ability to make sure that they are committed to changing their communities. Um, and so for me, that's where the, the passion lies that you, you hear from me, is that it's just a great opportunity to make sure that with these students, they're not just numbers, but they are actual people who are being uh, trained, not only with the knowledge and skills, but with the, with the foundation of care Um, And the responsibility that 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 we know that that takes us to whenever we complete our degrees, uh, that it's about making sure that the rest of the community that surrounds us, that everything will be okay.
0: Well, we thank you for all that you do, all that you do for the young people, all that you're going to do here on your journey as the new president of University of Houston downtown. Cue up music. You know, there was an old show called Carol Burnett, and at the end of Carol Burnett, they had that song. I'm so glad we had this time together. Well, you know, time has flown, and I'm so glad we had this time together. And ladies and gentlemen, this again is all you need is love, because love is the answer. So we thank you, we thank Dr. Blanchard, and he, of course, has all his crew here. He's got Dean Gengler here, Christine Pulaski here, Joanna Wolf is here. They're all here from UHD supporting you and your effort, and I think that's a beautiful sight. So thank you. Tune in next week for a tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer. My next guest is a breast cancer survivor, and it'll bring you tears to your eyes when you hear her story. So, again, we'll see you next week, 11, 1145, right here, KWWJ. meant to be. All right, Houston. So now we're off the radio waves, but now we're in the cyberspace waves. And I forgot, we're not Facebook anymore. I forgot. It's some fancy word. They spent a bunch of money to rebrand. Uh, Hopefully it works for them. I don't know. But given that I don't remember the name, it must not be working. But we'll just say Facebook for now. I have a feeling a lot of people will just say Facebook, Mr. Producer. I don't know for sure. We've had Dr. Blanchard on this episode. And I think it's been a very interesting episode because we had a lot of calls and Dr. Blanchard, you were there, or weren't? If I'm wrong, please excuse me. Weren't you around during Hurricane Katrina? And tell us about that. You know, what was it like? And you know, how did the community recover? And and you know, what are your feelings when you look back at that?
1: Yeah. So uh, thanks for that question. So I, I lived in New Orleans and uh, worked um, for the University of Louisiana system as well as for Save University during the t- Save University of Louisiana. There too. Um and during that particular time. And you know, it, it was one of the toughest times for just the community overall in New Orleans, but uh and the surrounding regions. Uh but but more so for higher education, right? Because this one was the most devastating uh to the city where Certainly our campus at Xavier, as well as the majority of the other campuses were completely engulfed uh, in water. I mean, there were two campuses in particular, Dillard University and and Southern University of New Orleans, that both of those that water had reached all the way to like the top floor of some of their five and six storey buildings. I mean, it was just that much where buildings were completely immersed uh, underwater. Um, and so we knew that it was going to take um, a lot of work in order to move into the phase where we began to recover. Um, and so there were lots of meetings. But the main thing that, that really occurred in my mind that I think was of greatest value was really understanding that we were coming back um, in, in higher education period, K-12 as well, that you mm-hmm. know, we were, education was coming back. Um, and that we were all aggressive in terms of trying to figure out what that timeline would be like, and that we wouldn't have all the pieces together in terms of Uh, making sure that the campus was fully back active, but we would concentrate on those buildings that we knew that we needed to get recovered as quickly as possible in order to keep the educational experience going. The beauty I'll say for not only Xavier, but other universities was that, you know, it also found room where we created Uh, Spaces for people to come and live right on campus. No kidding. So, through the federal government, uh, they provide provided trailers, uh, and so we we created a trailer community, um, and we had probably about 150 of them at Xavier, Uh, and so these people who had lost all their homes and lost everything else, that they at least had a place of refuge, um, and that they could work. You know, especially if they had the mindset. Uh, to do so at that time Uh, but if they didn't want to work they could still just live there until they were ready to begin working let me just fast forward and say that you know there there were a lot of um uh, a lot of concern about what was going to happen not only to higher education and k-12 but also just uh, new orleans writ large Uh, and i can say to you that the place has rebounded tremendously oh how Um, great and you know especially with the whole levy system in the more recent hurricane that just went through it, uh, that they were saved, if you will, largely because the levees did not break. Uh, And that meant a whole lot for the New Orleans community. But let me just say this, that what I believe to be the greatest silver lining, if there could be one for devastation of that level, of that magnitude, is that, you know, what it did for a lot of people is that it took them out of their comfort space Um, And so many people who certainly were in jobs that uh, were providing uh, financial security for them, but it didn't, their their passion lied elsewhere, uh, that it really forced people to start thinking more about the passion side, almost like what the pandemic is doing Mm -hmm. as well, has done for people to move them out of their comfort space into a space where they believe that they, where their hearts were guiding them toward uh, and I can't begin to tell you that for New Orleanians, that even meant uprooting and moving to different cities where they formed their own businesses, uh, where they formed their own social service organizations, um, and that they felt 100% different because now they really followed their hearts, they followed their mm-hmm. passions, and that if it weren't for the hurricane, they probably would have never done to. Did you flood
0: yourself personally?
1: I did. Yes, um, I did, and um, so I was fortunate because uh, I would commute back and forth. We found a place in Baton Rouge, and so we commuted every day, uh, back and forth, uh, in order every to, day, every how, day. how
0: far is that? Is that about an hour drive?
1: Yeah, it's about an hour drive. Well, I mean, after Katrina, we had a lot of more company on the, on the, on the road. <laughs> so <I'm sure. laughs> uh, it, it took longer than that. But, uh, the bottom line is that, you know, we didn't even worry about the fact that that commute was, was a tough one. It was just the fact that we were just determined to make sure that we were able to rebound and get everybody back.
0: Wonderful. Well, let me just, before we sign off, Dr. Blanchard, is there anything you, I want to give you the last word, anything you want to say going on, any activities going on with UHD, any capital campaigns going to start? I mean, anything you want to share with the listeners here in cyberspace?
1: Yeah, so we are working on uh, the capital campaign side. But, you know, I, I just want to take the opportunity, and I know that this is not why you invited me here, but I just want to say uh, thank you to you. Uh, and, and, and I mean that very sincerely, you know, we have this wonderful opportunities platform to uh, not only for us to talk about the University of Houston downtown or for me to talk about it, or you and I, uh, but then, you know, platforms for other people. But but, you know, I, I really have learned to be able to give the greatest level of respect to people who not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. Uh, and when I got a chance to better understand this financial enterprise that you have here, and that more importantly, the dedication that you have not just to diversity but to inclusion. And as I walk around and met so many young people here, though, some of them um, who are uh, students at University of Houston downtown, and those who are graduates, and that they feel and know that they belong and that they're valued and that you're supporting them in every way possible. And these are people of color who, have, who without this opportunity may perhaps never have even given a thought about doing this kind of work. To me, that's where the real beauty of education lies. It's in making those connections, making those unions and helping young people to understand that their lives can be better, not only for themselves, but also for their communities as well. So I just say, thank you, my hat is off to you.
0: Well, that is so nice of you. I'm gonna give you a hug right after this show. All right. Uh, no, that is so <laughs> nice of you. I really mean, that's very kind of you. And and we're proud of what we've done. We're proud of what UHD has done for our young people. And, um, and we're always looking for good people. So there's more room for UHD grads or undergrads, all of them. So everyone out in cyberspace, again, this is Talking with Gilbert, a tip from Gilbert. You've had Dr. Blanchard here, all his crew from UHD. We're very proud of UHD. It is critical that we support it here in Houston. So we're signing off. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075.
3: Write me at tipfromgilbert at gmail.com. See you then.